Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. To you, my family, good morning. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading up until 6 o'clock. And the morning roast will take you until 10. I've got just way too much to talk about today. Way too much. I don't know what to start with. I don't know whether to start with the Giants and their loss to the Cardinals last night, 6-5. to five. The Suns annihilating the Bucks in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the match, along with Bryson DeChambeau and Phil Mickelson, and essentially what it was, I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch it, but I caught the highlights of it, and essentially what it was is, hey, let's grill Aaron Rodgers about his time with the Packers. Do we want to get into that? You know what I actually want to get into first? This was my favorite Instagram post that has ever been posted of all time. Of all time. And I go to one Sean Diddy Combs. Now, this dude, his this video that he posted. So, the thumbnail shows him with a pool in the background. He's holding up a mango. A mango that's cut into cubes, by the way. But he's got goggles on. And he's got the pool in the background along with the ocean. And the caption reads... One day when I was growing up, I woke up and there were 15 roaches on my face. At that moment, I said, hell no, I refuse to live like this. Work hard, believe in your crazy dreams, then in all caps, and never settle. Hashtag love. And this is the video that accompanied it. You can do it, you can be whoever you want. You can be eating mango too, with the ocean as your backyard. I ain't special. I just want it. I want it bad. You feel me? And I won't allow myself to not have mango. So I hustle hard, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm doing my way. No, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you have that happen. So I hustle hard, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm doing my way. No, baby. <laughs> 
So you got you got him saying, I work so hard. I do know what he's saying there, but I don't really know what he's saying in the second half of it. Well, I hope you hard. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I don't know no way. No, baby. <laughs> but the best part about this video, and it's not going to translate to radio because it's not uh, part of the audio, but he leaves the camera as he's close up on his face eating a mango and mumbling toward the camera. Then you zoom out, and he starts walking toward the pool, and he's got flippers on. He's got the flippers on, jumping into the pool as if he's scuba diving. <laughs> it was it's the most amazing Instagram post I have ever seen in my life. Well, I hope you hard, you know what I mean? You know, I don't know if you no way. No, baby. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I want to get to that point in life. Now, granted, I never will because Diddy's a billionaire and he lives an incredibly fast lifestyle. If you ever hear anyone talk about him, you know how crazy he is uh, when it comes to going out, having a night on the town. You know, spending a night in Vegas with them or something like that. So go back to get him to the Greek. That's apparently uh, a pretty accurate depiction of Diddy, even though it's meant to be exaggerated. But that Instagram post yesterday made me happy. Well, I hope you hard. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm doing no way. No, baby. <laughs> just a laugh at the end. Oh, it's just a laugh. All right. I do want to get to the NBA, though. Before we get to the Giants, before we get to uh, some sound from the match yesterday, and also Kelly Oubre on the Posted Up podcast with Chris Haynes. He had some comments regarding his time with the Warriors as well as his future. But I do just want to play this sound clip. I thought yesterday, going into Game 1, there was some intrigue surrounding the game just because you have the Nets and the or the Suns and the Bucks who haven't uh, the you know the Suns haven't won while the Bucks haven't won in 40 years or whatever it is. And Chris Paul went off. Chris Paul went off and the Suns ended up winning game 1, 118 to 105. But when the report came out that Giannis was going to be playing eh, maybe an hour before the game started, maybe maybe an hour and a half, as Shams and Woj, everyone was on it. I thought the drama escalated to an entirely new level. And it, it wasn't just that, you know, we thought we'd be without Giannis, maybe even for the first two games, because we've seen how these injuries have happened throughout the time of the playoffs. You're really uncertain about when these guys would come back. It seems as if... It doesn't seem no matter what injury has fallen on these players, they always seem to be day-to-day, whether it's with Kawhi Leonard or Giannis in that last series against the Hawks. But this one, it seemed as if they were uncertain, and I genuinely didn't think that he was going to be playing in Game 1. And the way that he performed in this game, starting out, he's going for an alley-oop dunk. He's posting up on DeAndre Ayton, bullying him, even though DeAndre Ayton had a monster game, uh, 22 points, uh, 8 for 10 from the field, and 6 for 6 from the free throw line. But Giannis, the way that he was playing, and not only that, but the chase-down block that he had on Mikhail Bridges, it, it was unbelievable to me. I, I, I was watching it with my jaw dropped the entire time until, you know, the second half. Then the sun started to pull away. You know, they were up by 19 at one point. Then the Bucks came back and they cut, cut the lead to nine. But Chris Paul wasn't having any of it. 
But listen to Giannis here after the game. I thought that this was an incredibly cool story. At the end of the day, I'm out there. Um, I feel good. I don't feel pain. You know, I can run. I can jump. Uh, I can set screens. You know, I can uh, rebound the ball. I can do stuff. So I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I haven't watched the clip, but when the play happened, I thought I'm going to be out for a year, you know. So I'm just happy that two two games later, I'm back. And, and I wouldn't want to watch the clip if I were him. But it, it doesn't seem like he even expected to come back. And Mike Budenholzer, the Bucks head coach, was the same way. You got to listen to Giannis first. He felt good. The sports performance group, um, he'd been checking boxes the last you know couple days and making progress. And, uh, you know, he was cleared and, and, and he wanted to go and everybody was on the same page. So, you know, it's just a credit to him. And, you know, we talked just the work he puts in, the work the sports performance group puts in. Um, you know, for him to be back playing in game one, um, he's just, uh, it's really impressive what he did. But I will say this about the series. I'd love to come in here to tell you that it would be an interesting one, but Suns in four is seeming that much more likely. Now, I did say Suns in six. Because I do think the Suns, after all, are going to be winning this series. I think they've been playing so well as a team. And then yesterday, just watching Brooke Lopez get switched on to Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the mid-range and him using his size. There was that moment where Chris Paul uh, totally juked him out on the left, uh, the left wing behind the three-point line. Hit him with a little crossover. Step back. Lopez stepped into it. uh, Almost hurt Chris Paul's ankle, which was a really close one. But the numbers, if you haven't looked at them yet, the Suns were... It felt like they were dominating that game for a majority of the time, and that being the second half. But overall, the Bucks did not shoot that poorly. (laughs) They were 16 for 36 from the three-point line. 44% 44% from the uh, from 3 and then they were 45% from a field goal perspective. They were 45 they were shooting 45% overall. Now the Suns, they shot 46% overall and they made 11 threes. So if you're looking at the box score alone and you haven't even looked at the regular score of the game. If you didn't even know that it was 118 to 105 and you just looked at the box score and you see how these players were doing, you'd think, well, the only guy who was really missing a ton of shots and didn't shoot great for the Bucks was Drew Holiday, who, sh- who was 4 for 14 and only had 10 points. But you had Giannis, who had 20 of his own. You had Chris Middleton, who had 29 of his own. He was 5 for 12 from 3. Giannis, he only took two three. Uh, he only had two three point attempts, and he made one of them. But the only disparity that you're seeing here is the fact that Giannis didn't knock down his free throws, and they shot 56 percent from the free throw line. 56 percent, and it's just not like the Suns were outplaying them in terms of stats. They were just taking advantage of the matchups, and Chris Paul. 
was having an amazing game. He had 32 points, 12 of 19 from the floor. As I mentioned, DeAndre Ayton, he had 22 points and 19 rebounds. You're seeing a star start to blossom right before your eyes, which is really cool when it comes to the playoffs. There's always that one specific player that you want to focus on. CP3 is going to be taking a lot of the attention because it's been 16 years and he's worked so hard. He's one of the best players that the NBA has seen uh, in the past decade, the past couple of decades. But DeAndre Ayton, the way that he came out as the number one overall pick, getting that 25-game suspension, coming back in these playoffs and being a force on offense and on the boards, it was really cool to see. But even so, it just didn't feel like the, the Bucks had much of a shot, if at all, yesterday. And Monty Williams, the Suns head coach, spoke to this after the game. Listen to this. This is this is actually pretty cool. Back then, I was probably more forceful with calling plays. Now, he'll read the game. I'll watch him. He'll turn to me, and I'll be like, you call it. Or he'll be like, coach, give me something. And then I'll be like, we'll do this, that kind of thing, as opposed to me trying to run the whole deal. Now, he is talking about CP3. And when he says, well, I do this, the motion that he's making is blinking. Gives him a squint, and CP3 knows which play to call. And more often than not, that play is going to be executed to perfection because that's what the Suns do. That is. And in hearing that, and you know, you want Monty Williams to win. You definitely want him to win. There's a part of me who wants to see uh, CP3 collapse. There's a tiny part of me, the 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 rebel inside of me, wants to see the CP3 collapse. But although it will be pretty cool to see him win an NBA final, especially when you know the Warriors aren't involved in it right now. But hearing that and seeing the way that the team plays and the way that they've come together. You know, the, they're, they're not exactly using the slogan strength in numbers, but it reminds you of the Warriors team when they just got started. You know, they have the one, and, and I'm talking about the team in 2015. I'm talking about before uh, Kevin Durant came to the squad and they turned into a super team. You're seeing a team who was playing together, who were passing unlike any team that you'd seen beforehand making that one extra pass to turn a good shot into a great shot, that's what the Suns do. And CP3 is the orchestrator of that. And I think you're seeing a lot of similarities between this Suns team as well as that Warriors team back in 2015. And that's why I have a soft spot for them. And that's why I do think they're going to end up winning. Now, I do think the Bucks can grab a couple of games. I do think that Giannis can have a more dominant performance as his leg continues to get more healthy. Chris Middleton can be more efficient shooting-wise. Brooke Lopez can be better on defense. I could see the Bucs uh, winning a couple of games, but you could see also a Suns in four. You don't know. You never know. It's the NBA Finals. Anything can happen. But game one overall, to start out, it was entertaining until the Suns started to take over. All right, 888 That is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Want to switch gears on to baseball. Talk about the Giants' loss to the Cardinals last night. They ended up losing 6-5, to five, and it was way closer than I think anybody expected that game to be, especially with the way that it started out. And then the A's, too. The A's losing to the Astros in what is a critical series before going into the All-Star break. We'll get into all that next. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. 
Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. Welcome in to the pregame show. If you've never listened to this before and you just decided that you're up at 519 in the morning and you decided to turn on 95.7 The Game, well, welcome. I am your host, Stephen Langford, and welcome aboard the ship. Yeah, that's kind of cringe. To start out the show, I had to play this Instagram post from Diddy. Well, I hustle hard, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I don't know no way. No, baby. Diddy eating a mango in front of a pool. <laughs> uh, talked a little bit about that Suns-Bucks uh, for game one in the NBA Finals, and we will get back to it at some point in the show. Coming up, I do want to play some sound from the match yesterday, the match four, where it was Aaron Rodgers along with Bryson DeChambeau and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. Now, Rodgers and DeChambeau ended up winning the match four, but I don't even know why we're still doing these anymore, quite frankly. I guess it's entertaining for the golf fans, but you just had such so much going on, and really they set it up because we were in a time during a pandemic when there weren't any sports, but now that yesterday you had Italy versus Spain, and by the way, the goalie for Italy with one of the most disrespectful uh, yet uh, badass moves, gangster moves that I've seen, where he gave the uh, Spanish goalkeeper a little flick on the chin before they were about to go to penalties, and then Italy ended up winning it because Chelsea's own Giorgino uh, ended up hitting in the game winner. By the way, that was also a gangster move where he totally faked out the goalie as I'm sitting here holding up my Chelsea jersey to nobody. Uh, but we will get into the match because there is some sound that is just Unbelievable! It just turned out that they used it as a vessel to make fun of Aaron Rodgers the entire time. And we'll also get to what Kelly Oubre had to say regarding his time with the Warriors in the past as well as what's to come in the future. But last night, we had a couple of games We had uh, in baseball in the Bay Area. We had the Giants at home facing the Cardinals, the second game of the series, as the Cardinals won 6-5 to five while the A's were in Houston and ended up, or excuse me, the uh, yeah, the A's were in Houston and ended up losing to the Astros 9-6. Uh, to six. So, uh, I do want to start off with this Giants team, though, because, for one, before we get into anything that took place in the game, Johnny Cueto. I love Johnny Cueto. And he went six innings, gave up nine hits, gave up four earned runs, and and struck out seven, and came back after giving up those runs early. He gave up that two-run homer to Nolan Arenado to start out the game. And it's like, what are we supposed to do? Goldschmidt gets a single. Arenado gets a homer. He has more homers than any other player against the Giants since 2011. That's his 17th on the season. He got him out to a 2 nothing lead early. And then Paul Goldschmidt ended up scoring two more, making it 4-2. to two. And those were the earned runs that he gave up through four innings. But any time that Johnny Cueto gets into the stretch, I get worried. Any time. When he's out of the windup, he's confident, he's shimmying. It's a good thing. You know, Johnny Cueto, whenever he's throwing with conviction locating his fastball, not you know, not missing on his pitches, then he's doing all right. But as of late, it feels like Cueto is getting to the point where he's just pitching from the stretch constantly. And 
every start now, I just it, it just begs me to question who the number two guy is on this team. Gosman has proven enough that he is the number one starter, he is the ace of this staff, and he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. It's not a fluke. It's not a fluke what Kevin Gosman has been doing. But with these number two guys, essentially, to me, they're all guys who are maybe third or fourth in the rotation. And I'm talking about guys like Di Sclafani. I'm talking about Alex Wood. And I'm also talking about Johnny Cueto. They're really interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. But I don't really see any of them being a two. Di Sclafani is is the closest to it. No pun intended. But ultimately, I just don't see a number two starter on this team. If they want to go deep into the playoffs and possibly make a run. Because you have to have good starting pitching. That's one of the... Keys to success when it comes to the playoffs is having good starting pitching. The Rays are a bit of a different story because they use the entirety of their pitching staff all the way from their starters down to their bullpen. But I think that's something the Giants are starting to struggle with here is just finding that number two starter. And I don't know if that's going to come in the deadline, but more on the deadline in a bit because Dave Fleming was on the morning roast yesterday and had some interesting comments regarding uh, the trade deadline. But here was the main issue yesterday. Now, Brandon Crawford, Mike Yastrzemski, they were unbelievable. Crawford, four for five, three RBIs. Didn't even do it with a home run this time. While Mike Yastrzemski, 3-for-5 with an RBI, didn't even do it with a home run either. Was able to do it with two outs. Uh, Crawford was able to do it with two outs. But ultimately, this number, yet again, the RISP. You know, I love the WOBA. Love the WOBA. Love the FIP. Love the WHIP. But the RISP? Overall for the team, 3-for-16 against the Cardinals. And this is up against a Cardinals pitching staff, which is not good. Which is not good. Adam Wainwright Wainwright is Adam Wainwright. He's got a 3.5 ADRA after yesterday. But Andrew Miller, he's not the same guy as he was back when he was with Cleveland. You remember that? Where Miller was just making waves as the best reliever in baseball. None of their relievers have below a 3 ERA. None of them. As opposed to, you know, the Giants, who have a guy in Jose Alvarez, who has a 2.7 ERA. And so, to me, the lineup needs some work. And then yesterday, you caught it, because in the ninth inning, quite frankly, they shouldn't have been in this game in the first place, because the Cardinals were just playing some terrible defense. Their outfield and their infield need to go back to the Little League days and work on their communication you know, we're going, ball, ball, ball. You remember that? Back when you played Little League and you were, you were a little embarrassed to, uh, you're a little embarrassed to try and call for the ball, to yell. Everyone was a little embarrassed at first. Then you'd always get that one kid who just yelled way too loud. Uh, but that's what they clearly need to go back to doing because when it came to the ninth inning, they managed to make it into, uh, Excuse me, into the eighth inning. I'm so apologize. But when it got to the bottom of the eighth inning, I mean the Cardinals were up six to three, and somehow they managed to get on base with Jason Vossler for the walk. Mike Yastrzemski, he got on with the single, ended up making uh, making it six four. But then Wilmer Flores, and I don't know how this didn't count as an error, but Wilmer Flores, when he got to center, hits a pop up. 
and then they counted it as a double, but it fell right in between the center fielder and the shortstop. And there's got to be some communication there between the infield and the outfield. And then they made it 6-5. So the Giants really shouldn't have been in this game because they also got another run based off of a, a, of a, of a dropped fly ball that didn't count as an error earlier on in the game. But then in the ninth inning... And this is where I'm worried about the Giants, and you know this is where they need to improve. But Grant, Brandon Crawford starts it out with a single, another opposite field single. Then Donovan Solano walks. He got two runners on. Steven Duggar comes up, tries to sacrifice bunt. And I will say this before I get to the next batter, but Duggar's got to lay it down. He does. Now, you might not think that it would have made a difference if you have runners on second and third as opposed to having runners on first and third, which is what happens. Tried to lay down two bunts, went 0 for 2 on those. Then it was an 0 and 2 count. Then he ends up grounding out, uh, going into a force out, runners on first and third. But then Chadwick Trump comes in. Chadwick Trump comes in, does not have a good at-bat, gets it to a 2-1 count, swings at a, a, a bad first pitch, then goes two straight balls, then he's got the green light. Then he pops out. And that's the last thing you want to do. You got a runner on third. You at least want to get a sacrifice fly out of your batter. But Chadwick Trump, being the backup catcher, ended up making making it two outs. And then Jason Vossler hits that opposite field fly ball that, to be honest, I did think it was going to be a home run. I did. But then Dylan Carlson ended up making a really nice play at the wall, closing out the game, and the Giants lose 6-5. But the question remains, what were they going to do if Buster Posey remains out for an extended period of time? Now, Dave Fleming, he joined the morning roast yesterday, and he had this to say regarding Buster Posey and the timetable for his return. It was still hurting him yesterday and and the night before. So it wouldn't shock me if it's another few games before we see Buster out there on the field. Just he's just too important. You can't risk uh, you know, there's something else going on in there that we don't know about and then he aggravates it. I don't think that's the case. Uh but if there's pain you probably don't play him. Uh, but I do think the big picture, they dodged a bullet when those x-rays were negative. So if Posey is out for an extended period of time, I'm curious for what move they might might make. Because Fleming said this when he was asked, will we get a Joey Bart call-up with this injury? I don't think so. I mean, Chadwick Trump is here, and uh, as long as Posey's not going to be out for an extended period of time, uh, I think you know you just let him play uh, that's the development plan with joey is you're going to stick to that if it's you know if it's not going to be the the next three months now if it had been a catastrophic injury then i think you're probably right but for now i think this is it and rightfully so because this is just a point where i think the organization didn't expect to be here (laughs) You know, they didn't expect to be first in the NL West heading to the All-Star break. They didn't expect to have a 53-32 record, a half game up on the Dodgers. Now, luckily, the Marlins beat the Dodgers yesterday as they've lost two straight after winning their previous nine. So they're still a half game back. San Diego still a, a three and a half games back as well. So the Giants got a pretty nice lead there in the NL West with the Dodgers trailing them right behind, uh, trailing right behind them. But... I just go back to they need another starter, and if they do get another starter, who are they going to trade away? 
They do need some bullpen help because, you know, the bullpen, it's been good, but Tyler Rogers has been the star, but it's been really up and down this year. I, I really go back and forth all the time on all these relievers in the bullpen. But I also wonder what they're going to do with that lineup because, you know, you can't go out there and just leave runners on base again, only going three for 16 with runners in scoring position. That's just not acceptable. Now, they scored five runs out of it. They ended up getting 11 hits, but those hits, they're going to be, they're, they're rendered useless if you don't end up knocking those runners in. And that's where I think Farhan right now is just as confused as anybody. I don't know what type of help they need. Maybe there's some guys in AAA that they can call up and, you know, we hope for the best there. But if they do want to make a deal at the deadline, I do think that if they want to get someone who's a a stud, an absolute stud, then you're going to need to trade away some of your best pieces. And I don't think Farhan expected them to be in this spot right now, even though they've just lost two straight to the Cardinals. And I don't think he expected Buster Posey to be having the type of season that he's having where he's named the starter of the all-star team at catcher. So I think those two things, combined with how the rotation has done toward the back half of the first half of the season, and I think he's just at a loss right now. Just what should I do? What should I do? I've said this, I said this yesterday, and I'm going to continue to say this at the deadline. I think he's going to make some sort of under-the-radar move for maybe a prospect with another team that just isn't getting a shot because, you know, they don't have any space on their team for him, which is what happened with Mike Talkman, Mauricio Dubon, Jalen Davis, those types of guys. I think he's going to make another move like that where he brings in a not-so-popular name, a guy with potential, as opposed to bringing in a bigger name, a bigger name that could be used essentially as a rental. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. It was a tough loss yesterday, and these ones you just gotta you gotta just suck it up, man. You know? You just gotta suck it up and you know, these are the cards that were dealt. Now they are back again tonight. You got Alex Wood going up against Johan Oviedo, and Oviedo's got a 5.14 ERA, and he's 0-4 on the season so far. So I think you can expect a lot of runs and a lot of hits in this game again. Could be going till, what, 10-15, 10-20 like last night's game did, but last night hurt. It did. Last night just, they had a chance to win the game. The Cardinals gave them every chance to get back in it, and they just couldn't execute due to getting down early, uh, get down to a 4-2 deficit, and then not being able to score with runners in scoring position. All right, 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number. From the 925, the Giants pitching staff, if they were a spice, they would be flour. Wow. (laughs) Brutal. Brutal. Because there are some good things about flour. You know, flour can be used all over, but also relatively bland. Relatively bland. You got that one guy in Kevin Gosman who could be used in any situation. Then other than that, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding it. I'm trying to help you with this analogy as best as I can. Interesting. If they were a spice, they would be flour. Yikes. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. But coming up next, I mean, there's... 
I don't, there's so much that I got to get into. Kelly Oubre was on the Posted Up podcast with Chris Haynes. I don't know what the future for him is with the Warriors. We got some sound from the match four, which is fantastic. The A's clearly need to make a move with their bullpen. I think they need to make a move at the deadline. We'll get into all that next. It's going to be a packed final half hour, a jumbled final half hour here on the pregame show. Stephen Lankford in with you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pre-game show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. You know, this song is called uh, Left Hand Free by Alt-J. And I just made the connection that I'm going to talk about Kelly Oubre. And I'm playing a song called Left Hand Free. And he's left-handed. Damn. I'm good. I'm good last second. Not good at planning, but good at these last second jokes that I just realized. From the 408. Give it some water and time, and that flour turns into sourdough. What, are we going to be making bread comparisons for the Giants this entire time? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Please, any bread comparison that you want to make, any bread analogy regarding the Giants rotation, as we had the 925 text in, the Giants pitching staff, if they were a spice, they would be flour. Feel free to text in anything. And just just to close out this Giants conversation, as we move on to Kelly Oubre and the match four from yesterday, and I can't wait to hear Joe Shasky's opinion on it as the morning roast is coming up in about 20 minutes. But just to close out, when it comes to the deadline, I wonder who has value. Where is the the guy that who's the guy that everyone's paying attention to and saying, "Look, if you give me that player along with this player." then we will give you our star. Because if the Giants do make a move, and I do think they will, not necessarily for a big-time player, but if they do make a move, they're going to have to give up some heavy assets. And I wonder what Joey Bart's value is compared to Elliot Ramos, Marco Luciano, 
Hell, Will Wilson, who just ended up call, uh, getting called up to the double-A team after being in Eugene with the high-A ball club, and he's been raking, and uh, you know, Joe Ritzo spoke to him during spring training. He's the guy that works over in San, uh, for the San Jose Giants. He's a broadcaster there, and he's been talking about Will Wilson ever since spring training started. Who has the most value in terms of trade prospects? I, I wonder that when it comes to these GMs, because they have all these uh, you know, it may seem on the surface to us, yeah, it's you know, it's Joey Bart, Brandon Crawford, Mike Yastrzemski, whoever is, is raking. But there's also some under the radar players that these other GMs might like. I just, I wonder who has the most value in this Giants organization and who they're willing to give up because the two out of the three guys that, li- that are listed, Elliot Ramos and Marco Luciano. I think they're on the no trade list. I think you're just you're 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 just done with that. Joey Bart could be traded because, you know, you got Patrick Bailey who's coming up. But who knows? Who knows? It's it's this trade deadline coming up at the end of July. I'm 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 not envious of Farhan and the decisions that he has to make. All right. Before we do get to the Kelly Oubre sound on the Posted Up podcast with Chris Haynes, I just want to play a couple of clips here. This was from the match four with Phil Mickelson along with, uh, oh gosh, Phil Mickelson along with Tom Brady, and then Aaron Rodgers along with Bryson DeChambeau. And it just turned into this make fun of Rodgers hour, <laughs> the make fun of Rodgers day. They had a, a way of promoting it. They were doing uh, a, a makeshift Jeopardy game. And here was one of the questions and answers from Tom Brady in this Jeopardy game. He's an NBA owner a self-taught guitarist and has guest starred in both The Office and Game of Thrones. Mm. He's unhappy with his boss and has no options. Who is Aaron Rodgers? Ding, ding, that is correct. Well done. That's a projection, Tom. I never said I'm unhappy with my boss. (laughs) I said it, not you. (laughs) I mean, what, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why are we trying to air all this out? You can't have just a a friendly golf match. And then we go on to the actual course, and, you know, DeChambeau and Rodgers ended up winning it. But Gronk called in, and him and Brady were talking on the phone. And Aaron Rodgers was trying to read his putt, trying to read the green. So as he's walking across, you see Tom Brady, he's standing on the fringe there, and he's just talking through his AirPods to, to, to Gronk over the broadcast. And here's the little conversation that they had. What's up, Tom? You always have a great supporting cast around you. That, you know, you're smart like that. Bobby G, are you, are you, Woody, are you not, hopefully not at the beach too much. You're ready to go, aren't you? I mean, we're, we're getting, we're going here in three weeks. I know my yeah, guy works hard. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if you're ready. You missed all of OTAs. You're out <laughs> golfing now. I haven't, you haven't seen me do anything. I've been just training, getting ready, catching footballs. I'm studying my competition. Look, I'm, I'm 30 yards away from Aaron, who's, you know, the leader of the Packers, I think. Uh, you know, so I'm going to be. I'm just watching his mannerisms. I'm studying. I'm, I'm out recruiting a little bit. Just hey, you're studying the wrong guy, man. Aaron looks more lazy now than I did in retirement. Time. Whoa, whoa! I don't know if Aaron's here at all this, but feel free to check in there, Aaron. Talking about my quarterback. What did you say, Gronk? Exactly. Gronk had no idea that he could hear that. He had no idea that he could hear that. Now he knew he was going to be on TV. He knew his voice was going to be going over the air. You know, it's not like a Julio Jones situation where Shannon Sharp just calls him and says, hey, 
you're tired of it in Atlanta, you're done with Atlanta. It's not like that. But Gronk had no idea that Rodgers was listening. And and you know what? After hearing that and just seeing this love for the Buccaneers, and rightfully so because they just won the Super Bowl, and and I understand all that, Tom Brady being the GOAT, but there is no team in the NFL that I hope loses more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next season just because of how cocky they've been from the parade on. We're going to re-sign all of our free agents. All of our original guys from this Super, Super Bowl team are going to come back. You know, we're, we're getting everyone back. And everyone's already putting them at the top of the list. I, there's no team I want to see lose more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next season. Love Bruce Arians. I love what he does with his coaching staff. I I love his mindset. I think he's really good for the NFL. But I'm sorry, Bruce. This isn't about you. It's just about how cocky this team is. And here at Gronk and Brady uh, on that call yesterday. But then there's one more. There's one more. You had Brian Anderson, who was on the telecast. Charles Barkley was there as well. Uh, But Aaron Rodgers was asked because there was a bear that was caught in the tree. So Brian Anderson tried to make this incredibly slick transition into asking Aaron Rodgers, you going to play the Bears this year? You know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I see a bear out there. It leads me to a question, October 17th. Packers, Bears, any idea who's going to be there? Anybody who's going to be quarterbacking in the number 12 jersey? Yeah, I don't know, B.A. Let's see. How about, Let's see, won't we? How about September 12th, then? Uh, will you go for that one? What's that one? <laughs> that would be the opener against the Saints. All cheesers resort rejoice. Yeah, I don't know, B.A. We'll see. Okay. I know you're a Milwaukee guy. I know. Aaron, everybody is on their toes. They want to know, man. They want to know. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm just having a good time out here with Tom. I'm trying to talk to him about it. He's going to keep playing or not. Hey, Aaron, we go way back. You can just tell me. I'll keep it a secret. <laughs> hey, I promise I will not put it anywhere. Charles, I'll tell you this week in Tahoe, right? Oh. And you can, you can leak it. Okay. I got you. Dinner's on me. That'll be a first. <laughs> Man, if you're a pro athlete and you, you've got to play golf, it seems like such a cool life when you're in the off season and you're just a you're just a golfer. You know, Aaron Rodgers. I know Aaron Rodgers and the guy who plays Kevin from The Office, Brian Baumgartner. I know they golf all the time. But just hearing that and hearing them just poke the bear, pun intended. With Aaron Rodgers seeing if he's going to play this season with the Packers and making fun of him the entire time, I do think he's going to be playing for the Packers this year. I do. I don't think there's any sort of trade that's going to be made. I don't think he's going to hold out. I don't think he's that type of guy. But I do think that he was getting very frustrated with the questions. I think he knew that. I knew he knew what he was getting into with the match. He he understood it, but I don't think he felt. He was going to be just pestered the entire time because that's what it felt like. Then he ended up coming up with the win with him and Bryson DeChambeau. We'll see if there's another match, the match five, that's going to be inevitably coming up because it gets viewers and it brings in money. All right. 888 That's the text line and the phone number. I want to know from you, if you're a Warrior fan, straight up, do you expect Kelly Oubre to be back this, this season as a Warrior? Do you expect Kelly Oubre to be back this season as a Warrior? We've asked this question time and time again, but we have been presented with Kelly Oubre on the Posted Up podcast with Chris Haynes, and he had some interesting things to say. But 
I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Will Kelly Oubre be in a Warriors uniform next season? And if not, what do you think that they will do? And on the front end, I'll just say this: I thought when the season was done and we knew that he was going to be a free agent. Now the Warriors do own his bird rights, and they can put him in a sign and trade. But ultimately. Kelly Oubre can choose where he wants to go. It just so happens that the Warriors, since they do have the bird rights, they can offer him more money than whichever other team is trying to sign him. So that's why the sign-and-trade is beneficial for Kelly Oubre as well as the Warriors, who could be getting something in return instead of just letting an unrestricted free agent walk. But here's Kelly Oubre on the Posted Up podcast, and here's his reaction when Kerr told him that he'd be coming off the bench if he returned to Golden State. It put fire in my heart. It added more fuel to the fire. Being 25 years old, you know, the way my career has been shaping out, the growth that I've shown, you know, in my career to go from the 15th pick to continuously have my numbers grow each and every year, my role and my opportunity on the team grow each and every year to, you know, have a, a year where my opportunity is lessened. And then as the year goes on, I'm into this category of, trying to shape out the future for the organization, you know, when I haven't been given a fair opportunity to show what I can do. So yeah, it is unfair, but all I can do is go and do my job and play, keep a football face, you know, and, and be professional. So I was just worried about playing basketball for that, you know, for the team. And now I'm blessed to be an unrestricted free agent. You know, the plan is to grow and get better each and every year. So that's what I'm in the gym for working on that. So, Kelly Oubre clearly last year didn't seem to be okay coming off the bench. I do think that when Steve Kerr was saying he handled it like a total pro and he was saying all these nice things about him, whether it was uh, on his weekly with DRK or whether it was speaking to the media in the postgame, I do think Steve Kerr was fluffing it up because Kelly Oubre... It felt like was telling the tr- it felt like he was telling the truth when he was saying afterward when he was asked about being benched, giving one word answers. You could splice the entire post game section of when they asked him about being relegated to the bench. You could combine that into forty five seconds, and they posted like six questions in there, and he's just giving one word answers because he didn't really know how to answer it. And if he has the choice. Whether to, you know, go with a sign and trade, I think that's what's going to happen because he can choose the team that he's traded to as well. It's it's almost the same as a, a, a no trade clause, but if you're getting paid that much money and you can go to whichever team you're going to go to, I don't know uh, which team is out there, which suitors are out there. The Raptors are obviously being called on. Um, I've seen something with the Pacers. That's not a report. That was just a suggestion that the Pacers could be uh, in talks with uh, with, uh, with Kelly Oubre. I don't know where he'd fit in exactly, uh, but the Monty Pool obviously coming up with that suggestion. Kelly Oubre, a sign and trade involved with Myers Turner, uh, Miles Turner, along with the seventh pick in the draft this season. I've seen that suggestion, but. Overall, it just does not seem like he'd be okay with coming off the bench. And wherever the Warriors, if they do want to sign and trade him, wherever they decide to go, whichever team is on the opposite side, they have to guarantee that he's going to be a starter. It feels like to me that's going to be the only way a deal gets done if this team can promise you, yeah, he could start at the three for us. He could start at the three for us, no doubt. Because he has a lot of confidence in himself especially not only on offense. We saw how he handled the wrist injury last year. Gets hurt, 
with that left hand, and then immediately the next game out, tries to go for a dunk straight up. I remember watching that and putting my head on my hands like I'm Steve Kerr watching Steph Curry take a 40-foot shot from three that ends up going in. But here's Kelly Oubre talking about his wrist injury and how he handled it last year. Well, I mean, everything is pretty much on the surface. Um, everything that was wrong with my, my injury or the, the, my hand at the time, which is 100% healed now, it, you know, it was, it came to light of what it, what it was. I was just playing through it. You know, I, would, I wouldn't allow whatever the circumstances at hand, whether, you know, it was injury or anything to stop me from playing and competing to help my team win. So it wasn't about the injury report being different than, you know, what was actually wrong. It was just about that. I wasn't about to stop playing and helping my team make that play, make the playoffs or, you know, giving us the best chance to make that run to get to the playoffs. So I just put my head down, man, and just locked in and just continue to just try to compete, you know, for as long as I possibly could before it was starting, you know, affect things in my game that I that were crucial at the time. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much the whole situation, man. Uh, I was just pretty much a soldier. You know, I'm always a soldier. I'm going to give, you know, whoever I'm with 100% of me and put everything on the line for that organization. So that's, what I, that's, that's pretty much the case there. Um, from the 408. Ubre career uh, plus minus is a minus. Who would want him? I'll get to that in a second. But I do respect it when players like Ubre, like I just mentioned, goes out and immediately tries to dunk with his left hand, even though he'd hurt his wrist before and it had been out a few games. It's the same thing with Giannis yesterday. Giannis did not care about his knee. He did not. He just went out there and played and was aggressive. And I do respect any player for doing that. It may not be the smartest move, but the way that, the way that Oubre was putting it made it seem like, ah, maybe the, the wrist injury wasn't as bad as it made out to be. But you could tell that it was bothering him. Then he goes into shoot free throws, and he looks bothered by it at the time. But the reason why I do think that you know any team would want him or teams would want him is any team looking for a 3 and D guy? Because he did play some good defense. He can give you some shot blocking. He's good on ball whenever there's a point guard taking it up court. He can do all those different things, and he could stick with them. He has nice footwork, all, all, all those different things that you need in a defender. Then he can give you the three-point shot. Now, granted, you don't want him shooting 0 for 800, which is what it felt like he started out the season with. But if you can get him to shoot... 35, 37% from three, along with playing good defense, and he's maybe your third, fourth best player in that starting five, and teams could figure it out. I think I, I, I think there are some teams that would want him. And then from the forward five, <laughs> who would want Ubre? That guy's girl wants Ubre. That's why he's hating. Ubre has the most dugs for us, aka Baby Matrix. He belongs in New York or LA. He is a cool-ass dude. I, I, I do think that he um, he is a cool guy. Gener he's an interesting cat. He is. The way that he talks after the game, I mean, the dude's nickname is Tsunami Poppy. <laughs> you know? I mean, what more do you want from that? Look, I'm going to only play a couple of more since I have a few minutes left on the show, but he was asked specifically about free agency and whether the Warriors are a free agent option. I'm a warrior right now, um, so until further notice, man, I mean, you know, we'll weigh our options whenever the time kicks in, you know, the free agency period ramps up, but at the end of the day, man, I'm a warrior right now, so that's all I know. And then he continued talking about the free agency process. That is for my team, my agent, my family, my agent to figure out. I'm the player, man. I go out there, I work, I'm in the gym two, three hours a day, you know, lifting weights, doing my routine every day. And they're speaking to these organizations and talking on my behalf. So 
Uh, that is something for them to figure out, man. I have no clue how it works out. I've never been an unrestricted free agent, but you know, Godspeed, man. I, I pray that this is a you know a beautiful process that I can find a home for a very long time. So you may be wondering, where am I at when it comes to Kelly Oubre? It was the same place I was at toward the end of the season, which is he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I don't think he's going to be in a Warrior uniform next year as much as I'd like him to be. But we saw how much money he ended up costing. He ended up costing the Warriors damn near, what, $80 million in luxury tax alone as a player because the price for him was $14 million this season. It turned into $80 million in taxes along with all the other uh, additional signings that they had. But Oubre was a big part of it. He put him over the top. I don't think that Oubre is going to be a part of this Warriors roster next year, although I would like him to be because I, I do think that players can benefit um, from having a guy like that. Plus, the cockiness that he showed on the court. You know, blowing kisses, doing, doing all those different things, putting the shh sign whenever guys are making fun of him because you can guarantee what was it 0 for 21 from three is what he started out with uh, in the beginning of the season and as soon as he made his first three he's telling everyone with the figure up at his mouth without fans there he's telling the other team to quiet down yeah <laughs> stop talking all that trash I, I don't think he's going to be on the Warriors next season. And this podcast uh, that he was on with Chris Haynes, the Posted Up podcast, it validated that. But I do think that they can work out a sign and trade because with the Warriors, um, they could sign him for more money than trade him to a specific team, maybe along with the seventh pick, and get a good player out of it, get a starter out of it. And I think it could be beneficial for both sides. I see that being more of an advantage. Uh, for both parties, being a, it being a mutual type of deal as opposed to signing him as an unrestricted free agent because that just gives Kelly Oubre that much more money and you're that much more into the luxury tax along with it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him in this offseason. But I do want to close out my show. You know, I am, a, I am an England fan. We saw what Italy did against Spain yesterday. Italy winning in PKs and the goalie doing one of the most gangster things ever, giving the Spanish goalkeeper a little flick on the chin uh, during that coin toss or whatever they do in order to determine who goes first. But I'm just going to play it. It's coming home. It's coming home, everybody. And you may be wondering what the hell this is and why are you playing it? I mean, I'm American, but my entire family's English, and it's coming home. And what does it mean? Well, England sort of started football, the modern era of football, and it's coming home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.